Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 268th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! You're on way to Worthy, Worthy 5, the Tar Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court, Carolina with foul, he takes the timeout, they're out foul. of timeout, technical foul, technical foul on Michigan, they're out of timeout. Front court, Williams on the drive, gets it back out to head, long outside shot, short rebounded, May, it's over, Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72, and how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national daggum champion. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. The first game recap of the season and it's a happy one as the Tar Heels opened up the 2023-2024 season with an 86 to 70 win over the Radford uh, the Radford Highlanders. Uh, Carolina now improves to 102 and 12 all-time in-season openers. And a little nugget that we didn't talk about leading up into the matchup was this was the third time Carolina had faced Radford. The previous two times when they when they beaten. Uh, the Highlander program, Carolina went on to win the national championship. They beat them in the first round in 2009 in the NCAA tournament, played them in a non-conference game in 2016 in the year they won the title in 2017. So this should be a good omen to uh, both of us having Carolina in the Final Four and maybe winning a national championship. Four starters scored in double figures, led by Armando Baycott's 25-point 13 rebound double double, extending his school record to a nice 69 double doubles in his Carolina career. Hubert Davis played nine players, double digit minutes, 10 guys overall, and kind of what what we said going into into the game. As, as typically these these types of games are, we knew Radford was going to be a challenge for Carolina. They're a proud program. They won 21 games. A year ago, this was a great chance for Carolina to take their first step as a team, and they did that last night on their way to a 16-point win. Well, the thing is, yeah, I mean, I, I think you got to look at it and say to yourself that this is a team that was playing against Division One competition for the first time with each other. Um, I, I know that the exhibition, they looked really good, but St. Augustine's is a Division Two school. There's no telling how good of a Division II school they really are. I mean, I, I don't got to be honest, don't really know because didn't dig that deep into them. Um, but, you know, Radford, a very solid program in the Big South. I know they were projected to finish sixth in the, in the Big South this year. Uh, I think that's probably a little low, to be honest with you, unless they're, they, they feel like there really are just that many good programs in the Big South. But I find it hard to believe that there will be. It was, you know, I, I if this was the same roster basically from last year, I would probably be more concerned. I would say, okay, here we go again, another game where they come out, they struggle, it's a close game. But as I mentioned, there were just so many different parts that had to get used to playing with each other in a game setting. I think they, you know, worked some things out early. Um, 
Now, if, if this is the type of performance that's going to carry forward and we're going to see this against uh, these types of teams, you know, for instance, on Sunday when they play UC Riverside, if that's what you're going to get, okay, then we can start to be concerned. But I think first game of the year, um, you know, I, I think it, a Radford team that was just on fire shooting the ball. I mean, they hit a ton of tough shots that you just have to give them a lot of credit for. Uh, and and Carolina, the one thing they have to clean up that we'll we'll talk a lot about here was they did the one thing that they couldn't do in this game that we said they couldn't do in this game, which was turn the basketball over. It allowed Radford to stay in the game, but in the end, Carolina did exactly what they had to do and ran away to a 16-point victory. You know, and for me, last night was a perfect first game for a entirely brand new team. Yes, you've got back you know, program stalwarts like R.J. Davis and Armando Baycott, two dudes that have been here for a while. But you had an influx of three transfers into the starting lineup. Your first two guys off the bench were freshmen. You played, you know, Jalen Withers minutes. I mean, you, you played a lot of different dudes. It looked like what Carolina basketball traditionally looks like in November, which it's not It's not the cleanest version. It's not the best version. You saw lineups on the court last night that you're not going to see um, moving forward, um, it was almost to a certain extent, like, as, as Schubert Davis was kind of clapping back at people saying he wasn't going to rotate enough. Maybe he over-rotated uh, for, for, for a lot of people's likings. i got to be honest. I almost fell out of my seat when I saw that he was putting Elliot Cadeau and Zayden High both in the game at the under-four timeout. Well, I mean, because it, 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 it speaks volumes to the type of work that those two guys have oh, done. Oh, 100%. Um, and I, I think, you know, when you look at the teams that play deep and they and they play a bunch of different dudes, you're putting guys in at virtually every media timeout. And, and there's some teams, the way that they, they rotate players, it's virtually every subbable dead ball. And, and so, um, you know, look, Carolina came out, got off to a fast start. They scored 17 points in the first four minutes. They scored 15 points the next 12, and then they they, they rattled off you know, 17 in the last four minutes of the first half to build a 46-41 lead. They used a, a run late to take control of the game, and they had never relinquished the lead in the second half. And, um, you know, look, there, there were a lot of teams last night that, that found out the hard way, i.e., you know, Michigan State, that you gotta you got to be ready to play in this sport night in, night out. Um, I say this every year because it's it's true, and it took the first game of the year for or the first night of the year for it to come to fruition for a lot of teams. This is the most unpredictable sport we have in 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 our country because you just don't know what's going to happen on a night in night out basis. Carolina looked prepared last night, um, and in in a lot of different ways, because uh, we spent a off season talking about last year. Last night was the first step in putting last year in the rearview mirror, and it's going to be hard. Because even as fans, they've got to earn. They got to earn our trust back, because they disappointed us last year and they fell short of of expectations. The best way to do it is to win and win at a high level. And there's no denying that um, everything looked better last night for this team in the season opener than it did last year. Because last year in the season opener, that team looked scared. That team looked afraid to make plays. Uh, I thought last night Carolina played loose. They played aggressive. There was energy there. Um, and, and they look like a team in a group that is, in fact, ready to put last year behind them and really write their own story for the upcoming season. Let's take a look at the box score for Carolina. And it's it's a pretty one. The Heels shot 52% from the field. They were 32 of 61. Radford ended up at 42%. They shot 50% in the first half, just 36% in the second Carolina shot seven of twenty from behind the arc for thirty-five percent. They had the or they they held Radford to five of twenty-one, twenty-four percent. Carolina did leave some points at the line, fifteen of twenty-three. Radford nine nine of ten. We talked about the turnovers. Carolina just turned it over eleven times, and it led to just eleven high, uh, Radford points. So in a way where it did keep Radford in the game, it also didn't because if Radford had been more effective scoring points off of turnovers, the game would have been tighter. 12 Radford turnovers led to 14 Carolina points. Something you can be disappointed in was the rebounding. Carolina won the rebounding margin 37-34. Um, they got out-rebounded in the first half 16-13. to That got reestablished in the second half um, as Carolina was able to win the rebounding margin. Both teams had 14 second-chance points. 
Carolina's bench outscored their bench 18 to 13. Points in the paint favor Carolina 48 to 34. Fast break points 10-3 Carolina. Blocks favored Carolina 5-3. Uh, there were eight steals for Raffer compared to four for Carolina. How about 18 assists on 32 made baskets? Uh, that's more than 50%. Just five assists on 28 made baskets for Radford. So you could tell that Carolina really made them earn all the buckets that they got. Let's move quickly to the quote of the game. Uh, we're going to get some audio right here from Coach Hubert Davis, who was asked about the chemistry and if it translated onto the court after it was talked about so much in the offseason. Well, chemistry is and togetherness is not – indicative on whether it's a sunny day with no wind and no rain you know either you're together or you're not so whether it's it's a sunny day or a rainy day you're up you're behind that doesn't matter Bradford is a really good basketball team they won 21 games last year um, their guards are gifted scores and ability to create and make shots on anyone and so this is a regular season, and so it, it, you know, it's the first game. And as I said before, I was very proud of the response of our guys, particularly in the second half defensively, and that's a good sign of um, a team that can respond that way and uh, be able to play um, that well in the second half. I got to tell you, if 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 you were if you were an eight year old, that was just okay. Let me what, get in. Let me just eight. watching Carolina basketball play for the first time. Yep. You wouldn't have I don't think you would have known that was a team that had never played a game together. And I think that's I think that speaks volumes about just how together the group is because they can talk about it all they want. They talked about it last year. This was a team that was connected, they were together, but there was evidence to say no you're not. Um Carolina was connected last night. They were they were together and you know as they were getting pushed by a mid-major on their home court you could see where the veteran uh, leadership on this team from transfers like a Cormac Ryan really shined through, and I, I never, I never felt like they, they, they didn't trust one another as the game was somewhat tight. You know, even it was fifty-six to fifty-five uh, in the middle part of the second half. But I, to me, Carolina never looked worried. They never looked uh, like as they were questioning themselves or their teammates. They were. Passing up good shots for great shots, and ultimately they, 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 they went down. They, they were communicating defensively. They were doing all the things that a team that's connected does, and that's that. And I, I think that really shined through. And I think what it really does, I think it speaks volumes about the type of head coach that Hubert Davis is becoming, because it's not easy. You know, it's, uh, it's why I've always somewhat defended John Calipari that the way that he runs his program to get this team to play together with as a new group year in, year out, it's really, really hard. Same thing in the transfer portal era where you're rebuilding your roster every single year. The coaches that are going to survive are the ones that can mold his team together. And after an offseason talking about it, I thought Carolina looked cohesive for the first time in a long time on the court. No, you could definitely tell that there was a difference. I thought the ball movement, for the most part, uh, you know, the turnovers were, were there, especially early in the game in the first half. I mean, Carolina had eight. Um, but you just saw a team that it felt like they were you, – you could trust them more because there were times in the past couple of years where almost every time they brought the ball up the court, you were worried, okay, something bad is going to happen here. There's going to be a turnover. There's going to be a poor shot, something like that. Um, and, and I'll, you know, look, the thing is is that I think that there are more complete players on this team than there were on last year's team. We talked about it so many times, especially when it came to Leaky Black. You know, Leaky was a guy that was a great defender, but he was limited on the offensive end of the floor. It doesn't feel like just about any lineup that Carolina puts out, they're they're limited on either end of the floor. They're, now, I mean, look, there there are still some areas that some guys have to get cleaned up, but that's the thing. I think you talk about cohesion. I think the biggest part of that is there's trust in everybody that's on the floor. There's trust within the team themselves. Last year. I mean, yeah, there were, you know, the, the, like I said, I mentioned Leaky, but also like Caleb Love at some point, 
I mean, dude, how much trust did you have in a guy that you knew at times was just going to take the ball and try to control the game himself? You know, and that's that's one thing that, you know, hopefully Caleb will get worked out at Arizona. But, I mean, it just it, – it was something he, he never was able to get out of his system at Carolina. He always had to be, you know, in at, at times, you know, I got to be the guy to try to take over a game for this team when – as they showed you last night, the way that Carolina is built when their teams are at their best, it's everybody getting involved. And I think that was another thing that you saw last night. It was everybody. You talked about the guys off the bench that were scoring for Carolina. When's the last time we've we've felt real confident about where the bench has been? We've tried talking a, a confident game in the offseason a lot of times, but this one, I, I truly believe this bench, it, it just the sheer numbers would show you that Carolina is going to have a bench that can produce this year. So I, I, I think the thing that is so different about this group is that the coaching staff trusts the guys that are out there on the floor, but more importantly, they trust each other, which was something I just don't feel like they had, even going back to the 21-22 season. I feel like there were times where – Everybody, not not everybody trusted each other there. So uh, it, it's definitely a different feel. And yeah, even though they won by sixteen, even though they struggled a little bit, it still feels like a a net positive for this team coming out of this game. The reason why there's trust is because there's accountability in the locker room. I'm, I mean, Armando Baycott talked about that's what that's what Brady Manick. As much as the three point shooting helped vault that team to the national championship game. There was accountability from him where he held the guys accountable. Um, and if he didn't, I mean, he would go as far to throw and kick chairs in the locker room. Carolina didn't have that last year. You've got that in the type of transfers you brought in. Cormac, Ryan, Paxson, Wojcik, this is their last run at it. Like, they know this is their last chance to play college basketball, get to a Final Four. Is, Cor- it- is Cormac going back over on another ship or well, no? We'll he's, have to find out. Around? I mean, maybe when he goes back to play overseas basketball as a professional. That's a, you know what? That's a fair point. That's a um, fair point. And, and so I, 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 I really think that matters. And, and you could see it last night where, um, and, and you know, pre-transfer portal Josh, that would have gotten irritated that a pre-portal, a, you know, a, a outsider came in and established himself as a leader, would get ticked off that R.J. Davis, Armando Baycott are deferring to Cormac Ryan in a leadership role. But it speaks volumes about the type of guy that he is, that he showed up, new place, and he, he immediately made his presence known um, as, as a leader. And so I think that's going to be the thing that's going to take this team you know, where they want to try to get to is they're, they're being held accountable by, by, by starters, by reserves, and ultimately by their head coach. The stat of the game, I got two of them. Um, I went with points in the paint because Carolina won that 48-34. to That number a little high that you gave up against a mid-major opponent, but there were just some shots that, you know, Bradford hit because they were tough enough to make the shots. But the 48 points from Carolina shows that even with the better – first off, it's better floor spacing means better, better driving lanes. You've got four guys that can put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. And then also just a commitment to – Give the ball to the best player on the court, which was Armando Baycott, which is Armando Baycott. There aren't many times he's going to walk on the court and not be the best player. Um, that was certainly the case last night. And, you know, when Carolina came out and they hit their first five threes, you could have seen a situation where maybe they got three-point happy. They finished 2-15 of 15 the rest of the game. What do they do? They adjust. They give the ball to the big fella. He gives you 25 points, 10 of 16 from the field, five of six from the foul line, so the, a, a, a better commitment to, to work inside out. And then the three-point uh, percentage, because Carolina just shot 35% below what you kind of want to see him at a 37-38, but Radford just 24%. You know, if Radford shoots 31-32%, maybe we're talking about a different game because they were five of 21 from the three. I thought Carolina was more aggressive closing out on perimeter jump shots, uh, contesting them, altering them, and that really played a, a, a role in why they defended the three-point line really, really well. So now let's transition to our biggest takeaways. Um, the first one I have written down is welcome back, welcome back Carolina basketball. The That's the first time in, in really, really four years I looked at 
a team that I love and recognize the type of basketball that they were playing. Um, the COVID year, just, you know, it was COVID. So it was never going to look the same because there weren't fans in the stands and, you know, you, you had guys playing in masks and you had dudes that were living in hotels and, and it was just never a connected group and it was disjointed. And the fact that Roy Williams got that team that had two freshmen in the backcourt to the tournament, I could argue, despite it being a disappointing run, um, in the tournament where you got one and done as one of his better coaching jobs, you know, you take away the last two years. You, I mean, outside of a six-week run in, in March, I I haven't seen Carolina basketball under Huber Davis. I saw it last night. I think it's amazing what happens whenever your head coach wears uh, a, a blazer on the sidelines. <laughs> it makes it easier to hold your guys accountable because no one's going to respect a guy telling what to do in a rain jacket. Like, it's just the facts. If my boss came in in a rain rain jacket and told me how to do my job, I wouldn't take him as serious as if he showed up in a, you know, uh, a a suit. Our our boss comes in wearing a uh, a sweatshirt or a a Supersonics t-shirt that he wears But you know what? It's still better than a raincoat. Okay. And and so, uh, all joking aside, 48 points in the paint, 10 fast break points, 12 offensive rebounds, 14 second chance points. The little things – that really make the big things. I thought Carolina ran the court as well as they have since Kobe White was 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 the the, the point guard in that in that 2019 yes. season. Yes, there was a greater uh, aggressiveness. I mean, R.J. Davis took a fast break himself, drove it two feet inside the, the 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 free throw line, and made a jump shot. Like you just haven't seen that. And that's something that because he hasn't been controlling the offense for forty years, that was a staple. That Carolina is going to run it up your back while you're trying to get back in defense, and before you can even set your your your, your defense, your, your, the ball's going up and it's going through the net. Um, I thought Carolina defensively, you saw some staples from Coach Smith where they pressed out of timeouts. Um, they did a little bit of trapping because Seth Trimble and Jalen Withers. Oh, you almost you you almost cried. Are going to be mean... great perimeter defenders for this team, and and, and so. Um, it was something that I, as a fan, that excited me because Hubert Davis said when he got the job, this program was tied, trust, and proven successful. We're going to play the Carolina way. They haven't played the Carolina way the last two years. And you could argue the first year, how do you argue with the success? Because you got to the brink of a national championship. Mm-hmm. But it came back last year and it bit you in the butt because you, you embarrassed yourself. They played Carolina basketball last night. And if that type of brand of basketball was on the court for the next four to five months, we're going to have a lot of fun getting on this podcast talking about this basketball team. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's all it's all something that transfers. And, and the fast Literally. break, I think, is I, – I, that that's the one thing. Like, if you're saying, okay, well, there were times where they rebounded well last year on the offensive glass, and, and, and what did that amount to? Um you know, second chance points. That's that's been something that he, has still been there for the most part these last few years, uh, e- even with the struggles that Carolina's had. But the pace of the game, and we talked about it going into the game. You have to control the pace of the game, and they did that. And I think you yes. got to give Radford credit because I didn't know if if Carolina played that pace, Radford could score with them at that pace. Radford, <laughs> and look, some of the they shots sure that, could, that they made. Um, you know, I mean, and look, Justin Archer didn't have a great game. I thought Giles was was fantastic. Smith, I believe that was the Villanova transfer. He had a big game for him. But Carolina played the way that they wanted to play, and you got to. It's hard. You got to credit the opponent, but the opponent made shots in the first half. You got to feel really good that you scored forty. You scored forty or more in both halves. If you do that more often than not, with even in your non-conference schedule, even in the ACC. The results are going to favor you as long as you defend the way you defended in the second half. Well, and here's the thing. Even if they don't, we know where the issue would lie on the defensive end of the floor. And, you know, I I, I think – I mean, I, I would rather have issues defensively and rely on teams to struggle shooting them. But because how many times are you going to have teams that are going to shoot the ball as well as Radford did in that first half? Um, I also don't think there's there's – a, a big issue with Carolina defensively, and we're going to talk th- about that here in a second. But, yeah, that's the thing. When you control how the game is going, it, it, it makes it so much different. So even if, yeah, even if you are in a tight game, 
if you're trailing, whatever, you're controlling the pace so you still feel like you're in control of something in the game. That was the problem last year for Carolina. Even you go back to the opener against UNC Wilmington last year, never felt like they were in control of the pace of that game. They played UNC Wilmington's game and found a way to win. So, I mean, I I like everything. Clearly, you know, there were moments, especially, you know, when Cadeau was on the floor controlling uh, the offense where, yeah, things things probably got a little bit too fast, Um, but... You know, it makes sense. That's that's a true freshman that's coming out, playing in his first game, trying to make things happen. Um, you know, I, I I don't necessarily hate some of those turnovers, being a little aggressive from time to time. You just don't want them to add up. They didn't in this game. So that's the good news. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's a team that just feels like they are going to be more aggressive this year and they're going to want to control the way that the game is played, because now they're finally built to be able to do that again, to have a team that runs the floor. Because the last two years, or last two years, last two point guards that you have had, the guys that have been the primary ball handlers controlling the offense, they've not. They're not guys that can play at that that style. You didn't have, you know, Cole Anthony. We knew that when he came in, that was not his game at all. Uh, Caleb Love, I think we thought he was capable of doing that, but it definitely wasn't a strength. He showed that, again, not really what he was capable of doing. Now you've got a guy in R.J. Davis who wants to play that way. We saw it at times last year when he was controlling the offense. And you're seeing Elliot Cadeau is exactly what we thought he was. He wants to be as aggressive as any point guard that Carolina has had since Kendall Marshall. Get your butt down the floor. I'm going to make a great pass to you. And we're going to create something. So uh, I, I loved it. It was so, that was the thing. We've talked about it so many times on this podcast and, and, and off the air. At times, this team was just not entertaining to watch. Last night, there was never a point in that game where I said to myself, man, this is boring. No, I never felt that. Yeah, no, I didn't either. Um, and look, winning is the, is the most important thing. But entertainment's the second thing because sports is an entertainment business. This is going to – and Brandon Marks told us uh, when I had him on to preview the season. Ultimately, is this team going to be uh, ACC championship good? We gotta, or we're going to have to wait and figure – find all that out. we got five months to learn all that. I do think they're going to be a lot more fun to watch and a lot more easier for people to cut them on twice a week during the basketball season. The defense in the second half I thought was really impressive – um, you know, because if you give up 41 in the first half, it could it could have turned into what you did against Brown two years ago in the second game of the year, where you're having to outscore a mid-major opponent. But I thought Carolina clamped down um, and, and 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 forced tougher shots. Radford shot 36. percent You notice a difference in the way Carolina is going to defend ball screen action, um, especially if if if, if, if Baycott is going to be the guy that's got to defend it, he's going to be more up into the screener. That way, he, he can he can contest the shots um, more frequently. Of course, that they can only do that if you uh, stay out of foul trouble. If you get you know if you pick up early fouls, you'll have to sag off of that stuff, and that makes a big difference. I've been very I mean, critical. I think it's too strong on the word. Um, I've wished Carolina would defend ball screens differently and better with the way shooting is uh, at a premium now in in, in the game. And I think you saw that last night. I do think they'll get to a point where they're trapping off the ball screens because they've got the size, the length, and the depth to do so. Um, so if a guy picks up, you know, a cheap foul because, you know, you, you, you get a bad whistle go you, you go against you, you can put Jalen Withers on the floor and he can do that type of stuff, Seth Trimble. I thought his ability to pick up full court in a lot of ways just really changed the game for Carolina. And, and we talked about it all all, all summer, like – yeah, we're going to talk about the offense because that's sexy. And, and I love talking about good offensive basketball. This is a roster that is constructed to be really good on the defensive end of the court. They're going to give up points because of the amount of possessions that they're going to play. But I thought the second half, as much as Carolina imposed their will offensively, they imposed their will defensively. And some of the shots that Radford made in the first half, they didn't go down in the second half, and it really was a big reason why Carolina just more methodically took over the game and built up a margin that Radford was unable to overcome. Looked like a more confident team in the second half on that end of the floor, which was good to see because the first half there were definitely, um, you know, th- th- there were things that 
they did that allowed Radford to get easy baskets, especially, you know, I, I thought one thing that you saw was the first two buckets of the game for Radford were threes. And all of a sudden, I think some of the guys on the floor started to panic a little bit and were so focused on trying to defend the line that it made it a lot easier to drive the lane. I mean, they, yep. that, that first half, I, I mean, they, they were getting right to the basket with relative ease for the most part. And But I thought, credit to them, good adjustment in the second half. And the other thing is, is that you look at some of the guys that were on the floor in that first half, and we saw it again when Cadeau and, and High re-entered the game in the second half. I mean, they're freshmen trying to defend. You could tell that they were freshmen, especially, you know, Elliot Cadeau. I mean, look, the guy is so active in everything that he does, and he wants to be a good defender, but he just simply isn't a guy that can stay in front of college players just yet, college point guards in particular just yet. Um, that's something that he's going to have to work on, and he'll continue to develop that. And But, but I think, yeah, as you said in the second half, this could have turned into one of those games where both teams are shooting right around 50% for the entire game. It could have gone right down to the end. But Carolina said, look, this team said, we're not going to let that happen. We've got guys that are more than capable of defenders. Um, and the one thing that, that I like that you saw, you know, you said about how they are going to handle ball screens. I thought you saw the versatility of this group last night, how they switched. I mean, there yep. were guys that were matched up. In, in in years past, you would be like, oh, my God, we've got our four-man on the uh, playing the two-guard. I mean, if you do that now, Harrison Ingram on the two-guard, that's that's not the end of the world. He can defend that. Um, Jalen Withers, I think, showed his versatility on that end of the floor. There were a lot of guys that I thought last night showed you that, yeah, it wasn't our greatest night defensively, but – we can do so many different things for you on that end of the floor. So, no matter what people throw at this group, I feel like this is a team that's going to be able to defend one through five. And I I feel like at times in, in years past, when you would get into some of these ball screen situations, especially these teams that are that rely heavily on ball screens, uh, it would it would hurt Carolina a lot. Especially you go back to that twenty one twenty two season. Um, really before they started turning things around, I mean, people would ball screen the hell out of Carolina. And remember, the guy that got matched up a lot of times and struggled real bad was Brady Manick. Is there really a guy you feel like, clearly Armando, you don't want Armando getting switched on to the one, the, the one guard that, that many times. You, that's, that's far from ideal. But other than that, I feel like you feel pretty good about just about everybody else if they get into those types of situations, being able to hold their own uh, and and close out well on some of these guys. Yeah, no, Carolina's got, you know, versatility offensively. They got it defensively. And that 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 that's the makings of, of a team that can compete um, at the highest level. Let's talk about the transfers before we get to Elliott Cadeau because I think you saw a glimpse of what they're all going to bring. I thought – um, Cormac Ryan's ability to to make the right three pointers and take the right three pointers. Um, he led all starters with 31 minutes, 13 points, three of eight from the field. Seven of his eight attempts were behind the three point line, which he he, he converted on three of them. Three rebounds, three assists, uh, no turnovers. Um, really a veteran presence that is going to be invaluable to Carolina moving forward. Harrison Ingram, I think you saw what's going to if if this is going to work with this lineup. His ability to space the floor, open up, uh, open up driving lanes for you know mainly R.J. Davis, Ryan, and and, and Wojcik. Um, but I thought you know he had four rebounds. He had a great assist that led to a a a, a Ryan three in the corner. I do believe it was either Ryan or Wojcik that hit the three in the corner. So you saw his his game, uh, the versatility that he brings was on full display. Then you had Paxson Wojcik, just five points in twenty minutes. But you're talking about a dude that had to get ten stitches in the after shoot around, but showed a level of toughness that I think is I think that's the biggest reason more so than anything why he starts, um, and, and be, because I think he brings a level of toughness to this team defensively that is is going to be it's warranted it's needed, um, and you know did, didn't it, didn't force to find his offense last night took two shots was two or two from the field gave you three rebounds gave you three assists. 
like did all the little things, kind of like Leaky Black did for you. But there is a there's there's more offensive firepower um, if, if 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 there needs to be. Also, I've got a man crush on him, so this is going to be a kid wow. that I am going to talk up as much as I can because as 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 a guy in the I guess the Tar Heel media, um, not many people thought he was going to start. And some people don't understand why he started. I said when he transferred in, I think he's going to start. Um, he started the exhibition game. He started last night. And I and I, I think you saw why. And then Jalen Withers, a guy we didn't see in the preseason, plays 15 minutes off the bench, four points. But that guy defended his tail off. Like he defended as if his life depended on it. And you could really see a situation where he wasn't the first or the second guy off the bench. We mentioned that was Zayden High and Elliot Cadeau. I think that could change if that type of effort is there consistently because, my God, he defends right. the way you want you, you, you want your guys to defend the opponent. Well, I, I, here's the thing. I would not read a ton into the guys that entered the game first last night just because Jalen Withers, as you mentioned, was banged up. Also, uh, member Seth Trimble, we did not see him not only uh, in the exhibition, we didn't even see him at live action. We got to see Jalen Withers at live action. Uh, Seth Trimble was, was still coming back from that. So those guys, they're going to be pretty heavily involved um, Rotation-wise, I don't think you can read into it too much. Um, but, I mean, look, for, with, with Jalen Withers, that's what, what you said, the, what he brings defensively. We knew that he was going to bring some versatility defensively. I thought he was outstanding. I, I think he's a guy that uh, he's going to be able to lock down guys on that end of the floor. And then I thought you saw, I mean, look, he didn't score a lot of points. That The, the drive that he had to the basket, from the right arc where he just drives to his left and just blows right by a guy. Um, I, I mean, it shows that this is this is a guy that is going to be able to drive the lane with the ball in his hands. I, I, I mean, you you don't like Carolina has had so much so many issues with that in recent years from some of their four guys. That's just that's not what they're out there to do. They're guys that, you know, in Brady Manick's case, either space the floor and knock down threes, or it's a guy, you know, like Pete Nance who was just playing out of position. But Pete Nance was never a guy that you would say, okay, I I, I want to see him take someone off the bounce. I, I think Jalen Withers has that capability, and you saw it last night. Cormac Ryan, I, I mean, he's exactly what I thought he was going to be, and it's the reason why I said I think he's the most impactful transfer to this team. Um, the dude is just a veteran. I know he didn't have a great night defensively. I think that's something that you, you'll see as we move along that he is a really, really solid defender. Um, you, you, I mean, you come from Mike Bray's system. You're you're not going to be a guy that can't defend. That's something Mike Bray harps on a lot. Um, and we saw it the past few years that he has that capability. But just, I, I mean, the guy, the clutch buckets that he can score for you, I mean, they're they're huge. He hits big shots. He's you know going to be a guy that can consistently shoot from the outside. I don't think you have to worry about that. Paxson Wojcik's another guy that can shoot from the outside. Knocks down the first three of the game. You talked about the level of toughness. I think that's something that Carolina likes. Also, uh, is going to be a guy that can rebound the ball. I mean, people were asking on social media, and you need. I mean, you you could say the name of the guy that was asking on social media. He's a guy that's been on here on this show before. He's a friend. Uh, Josh Graham wondered why he was why he was starting over Elliot Cadell. You saw last night the exact reason why he's starting over Elliot Cadell. He's a guy that's going to play a little bit more under control. No offense to Elliot, uh, but he's also you know a guy that brings a much different skill set uh, for Carolina. Carolina's got you know with R.J. Davis and Cormac Ryan in that backcourt, they've got what they need from their backcourt. They need another guy on the floor that can rebound, that can stretch the floor and shoot the three. That's what Paxson Wojcik brings uh, to to this team. Um, and then who am I leaving out? Harrison Ingram. I, I mean, again, you saw you know the versatility for him. Um, I, I think it really stuck out. I I, I liked. I, I we I saw some good things from him defensively, offensively. You know, again, the spacing the floor is the biggest thing for him. Is that he's going to open uh, the lane up to be for, for guys to be able to drive in. And yeah, I, I think you. You're seeing a guy that's going to have a complete game. It's just going to be a little bit of a work in progress. But I think 
you know, the thing is, you can already see he feels more comfortable here than he did at Stanford because he isn't asked to be a great player. If he puts up the performance that he put up last night at Stanford, that team's getting blown out against whoever they're playing. Last night, he didn't have to be the superstar. He just had to be solid. He was, and it made a big difference for Carolina. Let's talk about Elliot Cadeau now because I, I couldn't – I couldn't think of a better start for him as a, as a freshman playing uh, for Carolina um, because he did a lot of things really, really good, and then he left some plays on the court that is, that will be corrected whenever they break down the film. Five points, two of six from the field, one of three from the foul line, but six assists in 19 minutes. The six assists, the second most by a freshman uh, in their debut or the, the since uh, Bobby Frazier had seven in a season-opening win against Gardner-Webb back in 2005. Um, and and you, you could see once he entered the game that there's a different energy, there's a different uh, aggressiveness with him that Carolina just hasn't had in their lead guards, let alone their their, their, their guard coming off the bench. Um, you know, he had a nice passing. It was to Armando Baycott when he drove baseline. And he, he bounced past it to him for, for a layup. You know, just made a lot of different plays and – but then also, you you saw why he wasn't a why he isn't a starter. And look, I do think as the season moves along, that conversation might heat up, where he he plays himself into being a starter. But not right now, he's not ready. He the game last night was a little bit too fast for him in the first half. Um, but once the game slowed down, he was really able to dominate the game with with, with this passing, which is just something you don't see from point guards in in today's basketball because of the Steph Curry effect. Guys that dominate, you know, they they want to dominate by putting the ball in the basket. Um, we saw that firsthand with Cole Anthony and Caleb. They were score-first point guards. This is a pass-first point guard that's going to look to get others involved. And, um, you know, I think 19 points off the bench, let let all guys coming off the bench. I think that speaks volumes about the type of trust that Hubert Davis already has. In 19, a, 19 minutes. Yeah. 19 minutes. Um, and, and so – I couldn't look at it. I couldn't think of anything other than that was a perfect way for him to start because he made some plays, left some plays out there on the court, um, and, and, and in the end, he's going to be better for it. Oh, I mean, what everybody's going to say is, well, he was only two of six from the field. So, I mean, is that not a little concerning? No, it's it's definitely not. Like, here's the thing about him: he does not have to be a guy that absolutely dominates games, like we have basically said the two true freshman point guards that came in prior to him had to do. The pressure's off of him. So, yeah, he, he he didn't have the most efficient night from the field. That's not going to continue. But this is the exact thing that I said when I watched him. I, I remember back to the Geico Nationals. He had three very different games that he played in that tournament where, one, his team needed him to absolutely take over score at, at a high level, and he was able to do it no problem. Another game, hey, his teammates were feeling it on the offensive end of the floor. His job was just to control the pace of the game and get them the ball any way that he possibly could. He did. Um, I, I think that's what's, that is that that is something that is so valuable for this team, and you saw it last night. Um, he, he was not on, his shot wasn't, going for him, but he knows, look, I don't have to be a guy that's searching out my shot. Uh, I mean, some of the assists that he had, he he had a pass. I believe it was to Jalen Washington that drew a foul inside. I mean, somehow, the the like, nobody else is making this pass. It, I mean, he he's up against the baseline and somehow threads it in between two, three players right into Jalen Washington under the basket for a, a high percentage look. I mean, you're just you're not seeing that from freshmen, let alone guy. I mean, or or just college players, let alone freshmen in general. Carolina hasn't seen that good a passing in a long, long time. So I thought you saw exactly what you expected to see. He controlled the pace of the game. Now, again, as I said earlier, you know, there were times it probably got a little too fast, a little bit out of control, and that's something where Hubert Davis is probably going to tell him, hey. Let's slow it down a little bit. We don't have to be pushing every time up the floor. If the numbers aren't there, you don't have to try to force something. But I thought for the most part, this was a guy that looked very under control, 
looked ready to play the type of minutes that he did in this game and controlled the offense at a very high level. Improving on the defensive end is still something that he's going to have to work on a lot throughout this season, but I think that this is this is exactly what we were hoping to see from him in this game, and it's why, there, you know, if he continues to build upon this, there will eventually be that conversation of should he enter the starting lineup at some point this year for Carolina. The last thing we're going to talk about um, is the rotation. And, look, it's one game. we got to see how it plays out. There's no way that, that, that we don't have a legitimate rotation. There's, there's, too much, there's too much talent that exists up and down the roster um, and if there's not a if there's not a rotation developed, it it it'll be a coaching malpractice on on, on Huber Davis, um, because there there's there's literally no excuse for these guys not to get minutes. Um, you you had nine guys play double digit minutes. Uh, Cormac Ryan led all the stars with 31. Um, as we just mentioned, Cadeau led all the reserves with 19. Tre- Seth Trimble got 11. Jalen Washington, a guy we haven't talked about, eight points, four rebounds, three of three from the field off the bench. We spent time on Jalen Withers. Uh, you know, like like Carolina's got dudes. They've got bodies. Zayden High played eight minutes. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what that role turns into because he's a great energy guy. But last night was out of control and, you know, got sat down and really didn't reemerge really after somewhat early in the second half. Um, and, 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 and and so, but, again, this we hadn't seen this. We, it, like th- this was Roy Williams-esque where we saw lineups last night that we – we won't see in February. We won't see in March. And that's a good thing because you're going to figure out some lineups that work well together, mm-hmm. and you're going to figure out some lineups that don't work well together. We ain't had that. For two years, we played six dudes, maybe seven on, on, a, on, a, on, a, on a really good night. And so, um, you know, we got to see how it plays out. But I'm as confident as I've ever been since, really since 2008 to 2019. I know that eight or nine guys are going to play, and eight or nine guys are going to impact the game. And when Carolina has that type of depth, watch out because they've got—they don't have as much talent as maybe a Duke has, but they've got—they've—they've they've got depth that can match up with Duke. Um, and 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 it should make for a fun, exciting season uh, for the Tar Heels. Yeah, I—I I mean that's. One of the things that I, I said earlier, I feel so confident in all just about every guy that entered the game last night. And you you said, you know, it, it there are lineups that this team will not use later on in the year. Yeah, you're you're right about that. But I never at any point of the game asked myself why why is this lineup on the floor. Uh, there was one lineup. When he had Cadeau high on the court, I think with Jalen Washington, Cormac Ryan, and it was either I, – I, I think it was Wojcik. Not a lot of scoring on the floor. I mean, but you still have Cormac Ryan. You still got Paxson Wojcik, who you trust on the offensive end. Elliot Cadeau could eventually get there. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I, I thought Jalen Washington last night played really well. I thought he he was really, really good in the minutes that he had, and he is going to – I know you saw Zayden High before him, and, and High probably provides a little bit more versatility, and it was his first game. I think – I mean, Jalen Washington is going to play and play a lot for this Carolina team because mm-hmm. I think he's really that good. Um, so I, I just – to me, I, I mean, there's there's so many – different guys that can that can impact the game when they're in there and it, it it hasn't felt like that the last few years it felt like at times early in the season when they would put guys out on the floor they were forcing things they were saying hey we got to get this guy out there because we're hopeful that he can be a part of the rotation i never felt that last night i never felt oh they're putting in you know so and so because ah they're just they're they're, they're trying to get him out there and hope that he can actually do something for this team. That's that's not going to happen with this team. I think there's going to be, honestly, probably 10 guys that you can rotate no problem for the majority of the season, barring injury. Like, I, I know there's going to be a shortening of the rotation as the season goes along, but, I, I mean, what is it? At, at To me, I think it's nine. I, I think nine is probably the smallest rotation you will have. Because there's just so many different guys. Like, we were talking about how deep this team looked 
after the exhibition or after the scrimmage. Well, they didn't have Seth Trimble for either one of those matchups. I mean, last night, he was fantastic. He's going to see the floor a ton because, I mean, I'll be damned. He is, I mean, he's the best defender on this team. And I got to be honest, the way he defended last night, I mean, he's got to be right up there with Leaky Black as possibly the best defender even on last year's team. That's how good he looked last night. Staying in front, I mean, there were times, I mean, the guards from Radford, and I get it, it's Radford. They had absolute. They they couldn't do anything against him. They could barely move the move the ball a couple of feet forward uh, without almost turning the ball over. So, I mean, there's there, there's there's just so many. There, there's there's so much confidence in this bench and and from me that I feel like this is. I mean, I, this is what will allow this team to be so successful as they move along throughout the year in, into conference play and eventually into the tournament because we've talked about it so many times. What wins in March is good guard play, which I think this team has, veteran leadership, which I think this team has, and depth, and I think this team has it. I think that last one was something that was sorely lacking. The veteran leadership, you could argue, was definitely lacking too. But even when you go back to the 21-22 team, what killed that team at the end of the year? Lack of depth. This team, I mean, that is not going to be a problem barring something shocking or just a ton of injuries. The last thing uh, we'll mention before we do get out of here, of course we know that the the Carolina basketball family uh, and, and Hubert Davis's family uh, exclusively mourning the loss uh, of Walter Davis, who passed away last week. They they had his name on the back of their, their shooting shirt last night. I thought that was an awesome touch. They had a, a moment of silence before the game. And even ACC Network pretty much just wrapped up their, their pregame coverage to run a feature on him, uh, walking us through the legendary eight-point comeback in 17 seconds against Duke and in 1974, and so guys, like if if you if you don't know about it, go check it out. It's 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 worth your time. Um, it, it's it's one of the staples of the rivalry with the Blue Devils. It's one of the, the the legendary comebacks that that Coach Smith would become famous for during his time as Carolina's head coach. And so, I uh, just want to continue to extend our thoughts and prayers uh, to to Hubert Davis and his family as they deal with the passing of his uncle. Well, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show, guys. Before we let you go, we do encourage you to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com. We're, 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 we're in our busy season with, with Carolina basketball, Nally fully uh, up and running, Tar Heel football coming down the stretch. There's a recap of the Radford game for you guys up there, injury updates um, for, for Tar Heel football. Also, Tar Heel football lost a member of the family. Carl uh, Torbush uh, passed away yesterday. You can read about his life, his legacy, his impact. Uh, as Carolina's football coach. That's all for you on the website, HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, just simply search the Four Corners Podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. I want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels! It just doesn't get any sweeter than that.